welcome to Fifth Draw Wild, everybody. I'm your host, Matt, and before we get to today's episode, we just had a couple things to talk about. Firstly, have you checked out Hard Reboot? It's the new podcast featuring myself, Jake Mason, and Alan Sells. The three of us pitch a reboot of a public domain property. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Secondly, FifthDraw.com has had some improvements. Why don't you check them out and tell us what you think? We'd love to hear from you. Any other improvements you can think of, we'd also love to hear. We really do want FifthDraw.com to be a home base for our growing community. So anything that'll help make you feel more at home there, please let us know. Now, enjoy the show. And this week we are joined by a friend of the show and I think reigning champion friend of the show, Jake Mason. Jake, welcome back. Oh, sorry, there's a lot of crime going on all of a sudden outside of my apartment. Thank you for having me back. I brought the crime with me. Crime Lord Jake Mason. Yes. That's, Crime yeah. principal, Jake Mason. <laughs> well, Jake, um, everyone's pretty familiar with you by this point. I think Shannon's probably the only one that's getting close to you, courtesy of her three-parter. Yeah, that's, um, I see that's only one session, though, so I feel like, I don't know, I feel like we have to counter differently. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Look, she'll still get a t-shirt whenever they show up. It's yeah. fine. So, um, why don't you tell everybody what we're going to be talking about today? Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the varied works of Joss Whedon. I don't know. I know what the five pulls are. I don't know what. I only know the order of one. I know what we're ending on, but I don't know what the order we're going in is. And I, to be fair, have not seen two of them in a little while. I think you'll agree they're uh, they're impactful works, regardless of when you watch them. Yeah, I can talk about any of these pretty much forever. But um, the reason we're ending on the the last one because like. I mean, I got, like, I'm pretty sure you guys can figure out what we're ending on, but I, we're ending on it just because that's the one that makes me the most emotional, so. And, and you know, that'll give us a hard, a hard line where we're going to be like, okay, we've now gone for three hours, we have to stop. We have to stop here. <laughs> yeah. So, what we're talking about first is what was, for me, one of the Dark Horse projects of J- Joss Whedon, and one that I never expected to like. Uh, we're talking about Cabin in the Woods first. Oh boy. Cab- okay, good. Cabin in the Woods is the the movie to end all horror movies. It is the horror movie to end all horror movies. It's the it's the last one. There hasn't been another horror movie since because they they finished them in Cabin in the Woods. Yep. It's fantastic. I love this movie. Um so for those who have not seen it yet, um fix yourself. Yeah, get yourself firstly. right. That's going to be true of all five of these. Um so secondly, Jake kind of um What's kind of the overall general idea behind this movie? Okay, so the idea behind the movie is that there is a group of some sort that... Okay, we're about to spoil Cabin in the Woods. A so if bit, you yeah. have not seen it, just like skip ahead. In in the beginning, Matt will tell you in the intro, will, he will tell you when Cabin in the Woods stops and when everything yeah. else starts. So uh, skip to that time code and then continue from there. So, Cabin in the Woods is about this group that enacts horror movies onto groups of children. By children, I mean, like, teens or college kids, not, like, actual... Well, actually, in one case, school children. Yeah. um, To basically prevent the end of the world. They make horror movies happen as... In a way to sacrifice to this, like, elder under God type deal. Uh, yeah, kind of Cthulhu, kind of Elder God yeah, it's, idea. Yeah, it's, it's like the devil, but it's not, and it's like, it's it's kind of ill-defined, but something's trying to end the world, and the only way to stop it is to have these various branches trick 
groups of of people into horror movie scenarios. Yeah, it's real like ritualized kind of sacrifice that's just evolved into well, in the modern day, the ritual sacrifice is a horror movie. Yeah, exactly. And like they like the office pool is like like the office area is like an office. Like they have like they have like bets on what horror movie cuz cuz the deal is like you pick the horror movie and at least in the cabin in the woods. Yeah. Uh, you go to this cabin in the woods, there's this like cellar that opens up. You go down there and in there is a bunch of different horror movie summoning objects and yeah, you basically a bunch of pick, icons. Yeah, you pick the form of your destroyer essentially and uh <laughs> and they they bet on it. <laughs> There and, should have uh, been a bag of marshmallows in there, just as a joke. Just as a joke, just as like a, or like a little like like an architect yeah. plan, you know, yeah. something. But yeah, so they um, in in Cabin in the Woods, they end up basically summoning up like uh, cannibal hillbilly zombies. I think that is the the actual term for it. It's something something to that effect. Z- hillbilly zombie family. Yeah, they're not they're not cannibals. Think... They love to torture re- people. They're, they're, yeah, they're pain torturists. loving. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they they also the like the the company and like the group is never named. Like there's no like name for it. But they they also do these things like leading up to it that will like make you more into a stereotype, like in, into a a an archetype of a character from a horror movie. Yeah, like one girl goes out and gets her gets a new haircut, and someone at the beauty parlor convinces her to dye her hair blonde, and they inserted a drug into the hair dye to make her the stereotypical dumb blonde cheerleader. To make her, yeah, like a little, like a little dumber, a little hornier, uh, <laughs> like basically yeah. to to put her into that role. And the thing I like about Cabin in the Woods is, once you find this out, if you go back to the start of the movie, like with one exception. Everyone is a different archetype. Oh, hugely different. That they that they like shoved each other into in, in like these really weird ways. Like uh like the there's there's Anna Hutchison's character. I don't remember everyone's names. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, so I don't remember the names. Yeah. Uh, so Anna Hutchison, who is a Power Ranger, uh, is in it? Chris, my favorite season. Uh Jungle Fury. I'm super excited about that, because uh, I like Anna Hutchison a lot. Uh, yeah. Chris Hemsworth, you know, Thor is Thor. in it. Uh, this is this is pre-Thor. This is the movie he did right before he was Thor. Um so this this was the last thing he did as a semi unknown man. Yeah, and he he's uh he starts off as like a some sort of like legal or history major and gets shoved into the dumb jock role. He's put into the jock role, but he's like a yeah, he's like socioeconomic major um cuz there's a there's a point where the the girl who is the virgin, like her she is put into that uh folder. She's actually like she slept with her teacher. Like she would fit the the harlot role, I think, because they have them named. Yeah. Um. But then they like so they just like move everybody around in ways that like you didn't need to. So I feel like it's just this thing that it's like they're having fun now too, and then that's kind of what ends up like the the company is just like having fun with it, and that's kind of what ends up breaking the whole Biting system. Them. Yeah. Yeah. So this this has. Not very many of the Whedon alums that will tend to pop up, like a a character from Buffy and Angel is is in here um, as one of the workers in the company um, in the Kim Lab department. Well, there's um, there's two people from Buffy and Angel, yeah, that I can that I can name. 
Uh, there's one person from Dollhouse. Actually, one of the one of the people from Buffy and Angel is also in Dollhouse. In Dollhouse, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Amy Acker is in it. Tom Lank is in it. And, um, oh, he played Topher. Frank Kranz plays, I yeah. don't know what his character's name is. He plays the, the stoner. The stoner, um, who figures it role. all out in day one of yeah. being out there. Yeah, um, but, like, that's just... Like who he like he they didn't switch his role around at all. That's just like he just like fit that one, and they're like, all right, we're good there. Um, but yeah, he was uh, he was also in Dollhouse. Um, he's one of the regulars. Uh, then I think uh, like a lot of people from this also appear in uh, the Much Ado About Nothing. Oh yeah, movie. yeah. They, they got a couple others to go to that. Um, but but by and large, there are some there are some Whedon alums, but not like. A bunch of them. Also, Joss Whedon did not direct this. He co-wrote it and produced it. Produced Drew it, Goddard yeah. uh, directed it, who was a writer on Buffy. Um, he co-wrote it and uh, directed it. So, kind of, kind of, you know, not directly part of the Whedon verse, but still a fantastic movie. So, what's what's kind of like the big points for you about this movie? Like, if you were going to sell this to someone, just big points, nothing too spoilery. It's the the way that I have described it without spoiling it because and the reason I like this movie so much is because I don't like horror movies, mm-hmm. um, and this movie is it was literally billed by Whedon as the horror movie to end all horror movies. And before you see the movie, there, like there was no reason to believe this was anything but a horror movie about zombies in a cabin in the woods. They hid everything. The only hint you get is that the poster, the movie poster, is the. DVD poster, which is like a, the Rubik's Cube version of the cabin, where it's yeah. like kind of like distorted and messed up, and that's the only hint you get that something weird is going on. Everything else is just like it's a horror movie. Don't worry about it. Uh, but the the way but I you sell should it, worry about it. But you should worry about it. Uh, the the way I sell it to people is every horror movie you've ever seen can take place in this universe. Like every single one can take place. Oh in yeah. There. And and that is literally every horror movie, like even like the dumb ones, like Anaconda and Piranha. Yeah, like there's there's like a mermaid in it, uh, in the movie. Um, uh, that's like a horror mermaid, and <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty great. Um, but the like I don't want to I don't want to spoil a lot that happens, but let's just say everything goes wrong for everybody involved. <laughs> so yep. uh yeah, it's 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 really great. It's really funny too. It's like it's like smart and funny. It's not just like it's not like let's just do Friday the 13th but different. It's like let's do a horror movie but on its head. And you can you can feel Joss Whedon's hand in the writing behind it. Like there is there is like a strong part of the the tone and the delivery that that kind of originated with Buffy, that kind of trickles through all of his works. You can kind of feel those handprints here too. Yeah, his his dialogue is is one of my favorite things, and a lot and like nowadays, it still holds up when you watch those things. But people emulate it kind of wrong sometimes. Uh, so like yeah. anything that's like, oh, it's Buffy speak. It's probably not. It's probably trying real hard to be Buffy speak, but it's just it's just not quite there. Uh, there's like a little there's like a craft to it that a lot of people don't get. Like you don't just add y to the end of a ver- like a noun to make it a adjective. Like that's not the whole deal. There's like a lot more to it than that. Yeah, it's like a whole dialect, and we will probably touch on that more when we get down to um, to to Buffy. Which yeah, is spo- definitely oh, on this list. Spoilers, yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> if if you thought that wasn't on this list, 
What are you doing? You're crazy. Um, You've never talked to me for a minute in your life. <laughs> so that's Cabin in the Woods. You should all go see it. It is just fantastic. I'm probably going to watch it tomorrow just to watch it again and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so our second one, our second choice is Buffy adjacent, but not Buffy. It's Angel. Yeah, this is a show that doesn't get the recognition it deserves uh, because, like, I don't know why. I don't include it on my list of favorite television shows because it's just Buffy Part 2. Like, it is in the number one spot next to Buffy, but, like, yeah. Buffy is number one. Um, the Angel is basically the spinoff. There was Angel and David Boreanaz, who was literally discovered walking his dog... Um, had never acted before, or if he did, it was in, like, two things. Just He's just a very handsome man. He was discovered, and they're like, well, let's put him in there. And then season two rolled around, and uh, season two of Buffy rolled around, and there was uh, a lot of great acting on his part, and they went, oh, maybe maybe this could be a show. Maybe he could handle a show. So they spun it off into its own thing that is very different from Buffy. And real good. And really, really good. It's It's the... The uh, like this is how I describe the split between Buffy and Angel. Buffy teaches you how to grow up. Angel teaches you how to be an adult. Hmm. Like like once you're already there, once you've learned everything you can from Buffy, then you that's when Angel takes over because that's what Angel like. Angel is like an adult in an adult world. Buffy is like a kid in a kid then adult world later, but it's it's still it's a different thing. Whereas Angels is like. About it's I don't know it's very different from Buffy is what I'm saying and I very much like it. <laughs> it's uh you know unlike unlike Buffy it's set in L.A. and yep. it's very it's got that it's got a deep noir feel to it like it's it's very noir like the the last scene of the opening credits is like him walking down an alley like in the dark and and this is my favorite thing is vampires have no reflection in the Buffy universe that is true but in the first in in every single episode of Angel as soon as the credits end you can see his reflection in a puddle <laughs> because it's noir as yeah, hell it is uh and it like it takes a lot of turns it it gets like real weird it has such a different mythology than Buffy even though it's the same i guess seed and that's that's very funny if you've read the Buffy season 8 comic <laughs> but um if you haven't i can see i it was just it's just a thing I said, um, but it it has the same seed. But then it it's very different in the application. Like demons are more a separate, uh, like a a group of people than just yeah, like, like a race more monsters. than just a yeah. yeah. Um, and there's like a lot of different kinds of demons, but they're more humanized by and large. There are still like there's like you know uh, one that lives in the sewer that's like a three headed dragon with like caustic blood, you know. But like there's there's also ones that are, like, just family men. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, there's like in it's in the, like the fifth episode, I think. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's the fifth episode. Uh, like, there's like just a group that are just like a family. They own a restaurant, but they're demons, yeah. you know. And there's like, Lorne, who is one of the main characters. Uh, after well, starting in season two, he's he's reoccurring until season four. He's in most. He's in almost every single episode, but they just never give him main, you know, main credit until four or five. But he's like, he owns a karaoke club, and he like can read your aura when you sing. So that's why he has a karaoke club, and like it's like a whole thing. Whereas 
in Buffy, it's more like, this is a demon. They are evil. I need to kill this demon. It's like, this is a yeah. demon. They could not be evil. May- they might not be evil. They they might be. They, pro- they-, they probably are. There's a good chance. Um, but it's more about, like, different kinds of evil. Because, like, the main antagonists in Angel are lawyers. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is great. I, and and if anyone enjoys uh, Leverage or The Librarians, um, this featured Christian Kane this for is a where, little, good this little is bit. This is where Christian Kane yeah. got his start. Um, he was in the first two seasons, and then he leaves, um, and then he comes back in season five, and that's a spoiler, and I'm sorry. But if you've made <laughs> it this far, come on. I'm not going to tell you what he does or what he comes back. But uh, his his return arc is really great. And, like, his last scene of the show is one of my favorite scenes in the entire show. Yeah, it's he's... Oh, man. I mean, he's got an amazing character arc just all on his own. Yeah, and, and he's, like, like, literally in two and a half seasons. He's not even really in a lot of the first season. He's in the first episode and then, like, the back end, yeah. But then big player in season two for yeah. a good chunk of it. Um, so let's let's talk about kind of the core group here. Um, we have Angel, there who is, Angel. is a vampire. A vampire with a soul. That's important. Yeah. He has a soul. That's an important part of it. Who's not ever allowed to be happy. Like, that's literally... That's the curse. Old deal. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, that's not hyperbole. Like, oh, my main character can't be happy. It's... Literally, if he's happy, he'll probably end the world again. He was cursed with a soul after killing a gypsy, and I'm saying that word because that's what they say in the show. Like, it's it was 1997; it was a different time. Uh, but they so he he killed a gypsy princess, and the the that specific tribe took vengeance on him by giving him a soul, and maybe also giving him an eidetic memory so that he remembers everything evil he ever did, and with a soul that like tortured him for uh, 150 years and or give or take um and then uh eventually he meets buffy and he decides that like i can be good i can do good but it literally one moment of pure happiness will get rid of the soul and he becomes the worst vampire to have ever unlived it's real like because you you see him and you see him grow as a person and you see him like try to be a good a good guy and you grow to love him and you want him to be happy but then like every other episode someone's just like oh you didn't go and be happy did you yeah there's there's like a lot especially in that first season when like the in the detective agency like yeah. in the first season like there's a lot of times where it's like you're not perfectly happy right like you can be you can be happy but not perfectly happy uh and they even good. there's there's a plot in one episode where someone drugs him. Yeah, in uh, in the first season, I want to say, and I might be wrong here, I want to say it's episode 18. Um, it's called Forever? No. It's something along the lines of that. I, I'll Google it in a second if I can't remember it. But basically, there's an actress who wants him to turn her into a vampire so she can be young and hot forever. And he's like, no, I don't do that. That's bad. Like, being a vampire is a bad thing. Like, you don't have a soul. Like, you won't be a vampire like a vampire will have your body basically and that lore is a little fluid but that's the the core conceit of becoming a vampire and and so she like drugs him and it like brings out the evil so it's angel and then when he's evil he's angelus that is like the baddest dude in like like an evil sense and it's 
amazing when it happens because David Boreanaz can like pull it off real good. Oh yeah. We'll 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 talk more about Angelus um later on because it's a big deal in Buffy. Um, yeah, it's it's the turning point of Buffy, really. Uh it's when Buffy's like, "Oh, we know what this show's about now. We figured it out." Yeah, no. Uh Angelus casts a long shadow for something that started as a metaphor. Um yeah, but yep. we'll get to that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but there's so there's Angel, there is Cordelia, who is on Buffy, who um, came over. She was a rich girl on Buffy, and then in the, in season three, her dad uh, cheated on his taxes a little bit for 15 years, and uh, so they took everything away. And uh, so she was then poor, and so she went to she moved to L.A. instead of going to college and to become an actress, where she met up with Angel. Uh, a lot of things happened. Eventually, she ends up with visions of the future that are varied. And painful. And from from the uh, powers that be, which yes, are just yeah. another complicated wrinkle in the Buffyverse. Yeah, they don't really go to Sunnydale. They seem to stay in L.A., the, the powers that be. Um, but they, they're this weird specter that I don't want to say you never see because you kind of see them twice. But they are this weird thing that's like the, like the powers that be are the good guys. And then there's like the... The bad guys are like mostly Wolfram and Hart and yeah. the senior partners. The senior partners, and, yeah. And then the old ones. Once you get into season five, and so it's well, season three of Buffy and then season five of Angel, which would be where season eight of Buffy would be if there was a season eight. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the time I can talk about the timeline forever, but that's not the point. So, um, so she gets these 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 visions from the powers that be, and. Like her arc is my favorite arc in the series. Uh, well, second favorite. We'll talk about my favorite. No, because it, it kind of happens a lot in the. We'll talk about it in a minute. Um, <laughs> so, because she goes from like spoiled rich girl to like former spoiled rich girl who still wants to be a rich girl but like has zero dollars to person who wants to help to person who helps to spoiler warning dead <laughs> yeah and just the best person before that yeah her like up until her season four arc which is amazing um i i very much like it her season four arc was the result of like her getting pregnant um so they had to move a lot of things around uh and i think what they got at the end of it was very good and i would have liked to i would have liked i i want to see like the 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 outline of the original arc um, because I feel like it would be very different. Um, but then she leaves because she has a kid, and then she comes back for one episode in season five, which is the best episode of season five. And uh, and season five of Angel rules, by the way. Like I don't I don't think it ever gets as much credit as it deserves, but it is the best season of Angel. Oh, that that final scene is just fantastic. Yeah, one of the better ends to a season on television. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 one of my favorite series finales because they thought they were getting a season six. Like they were pretty sure they were going to get one and then they didn't. So they ended in this crazy place on this very angel note, because the whole deal with Angel is the work is never done. You cannot finish the work, but you still have to do it like no matter what. Like that's not the point. The point is to do good and to do the work. And and the last scene of the show is hell coming to earth and them being like let's get to work and it's it's like the and angel saying evil. 
Angel's just like, I've got the dragon. And they yeah, just her, leave it at that. Yeah, they're like, well, I, uh, uh, Gun is like, I'll take the 30,000 on the left. You take the 40,000 on the right. And then Angel's like, personally, I want to slay the dragon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's amazing. It's it's such a great finale. Uh, let's see. Who oh. else is there? There's there's Wesley Wyndham Price, who also has Another a really Buffy. great arc. Yeah, he was from yeah. Buffy, too. He was the, uh, the replacement watcher in season three who was fired and then became a rogue demon hunter and then joined Team Angel. His arc becoming, like, his arc is also amazing, going from, like, stuffy, like, British, like, He's like a like very proper dude to like the Wesley that we get at the end is Oh my gosh, yeah. Ama- it's a ride, everybody. That dude gets hard. Yeah, uh season 4 is a rough time. Well, season 3 and then season 4 is some rough times for uh your boy Wesley Wyndham Price. He goes through the ringer more than once. More than Ugh. I think anybody. I feel like I feel like more than anyone he he gets the business end of the bad deal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, unless you're going to count Angel's 150 years of torment, then That's yeah, off screen Ooh. though. So I, I don't know if that counts. <laughs> off screen with a bad Irish accent. Um, yeah, it it gets better as it goes on. It, it never gets great, but it does get better as he does it more. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, Wesley Wesley. Oh, that poor boy. Um, but he's the he's the like mystical references expert. like like yeah. expert yeah uh, then eventually then there's Charles Gunn who comes in I don't want to talk about Doyle because Doyle is like a a, a minor major character and I don't want to spoil his arc so I'm really kind of leave Doyle. there's Doyle yeah, yeah. who Wesley kind of replaced you'll if you watch the show you'll see um, but then there's Charles Gunn who went from like a a, a street kid who had this like gang of vampire fighters that like just wanted to protect their little part of town from vampires. Yeah. To... Vampires were picking off the street kids. And so he was just like, no, no, yeah, you're not, not, not anymore. Um, his, he, he is one of my favorites going back because he is a very down to earth character. Like he doesn't care about the, 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 the long game. He's like, you know, Bad things happen. I want to stop those bad things. And, like, it's just, like, the most, like, practical, level-headed guy about it. Um, it he's he's a real great character. Um, then there is, let's see, there's Fred that comes in in season two. Yeah, and definitely, like, we don't want to spoil her arc because that's yeah. a... Yeah, um, oh, boy. Oh, Fred. Yeah, oh, because of that reaction right there. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so Fred's Fred's great uh she her like backstory is that she was a physics student who accidentally opened a portal to another dimension uh uh three or four years before the show started and at the end of season two they find her in this other world like the last three episodes of season two are like them in the other universe which happens to be where lauren is from who we'll talk about in a second um and uh it's like it and they bring her back and she joins team angel and it's like her reacclimating to being not cattle because in this other world humans are seen as like like a slave class so she was like hiding because if they find a human without like a collar or whatever they just kill him usually or at best send him back into slavery so uh but then her arc throughout the end is like the the most 
heartbreaking thing just ever. It's so good. Uh, yeah. But you know, you gotta earn your you gotta earn your happy ending. <laughs> oh, and this is a Joss Whedon show, so even then, you're still gonna get the hammer dropped on you. Oh, for sure. There, my favorite moment comes maybe in the whole series of Angel. Maybe not favorite moment. One of one of my favorite like applications of a rule that they have set up happens in um, an episode very crucial to her end arc and uh, like to the, to the last bit of the season. Uh, she's there throughout the whole series. Like she is she is there throughout the whole series. Asterisk. <laughs> um, yeah. That's all I will say. Uh, but there's there's a moment where it's like, oh, of course this happened. Like that's the best use of Lauren's power ever. Um, so we're going to move on because again, much, much like Buffy that we'll get to, we could probably go on about Angel for a while. Um, yeah. Um, I, I will say before, just last right real quick before we move on. Um, if you're going to watch Angel and you're also watching Buffy, don't alternate episodes. That sounds insane to me. Uh, there's like an order that you can find like like a chronological order that you can find on the internet. Um, what I recommend is watch the first three seasons of Buffy, or watch the first four seasons of Buffy, season one of Angel, season five of Buffy, season two of Angel, season six of Buffy, season three of Angel. Did I mess up somewhere? Alternate back and forth, but then watch seasons three and four of Angel back-to-back, and then go back to Buffy, because... That's the best way to do it, trust me. So, the next one that we're going to talk about, our third topic, is one that we could probably also talk about for a good while, and this is Firefly. Oh, yikes, you guys. Firefly is uh, a crime. What happened to oh. Fire... Firefly was assassinated. It was murdered by the Fox Television mm-hmm. Network. A crime happened to Firefly, and I will never forgive it. Brutally, brutally murdered. Like... To the point where they they only got, what, 12, 13 episodes? There's 14 episodes total. Only 11 of them aired. And out of order at that. And way out of order. They didn't air the pilot until the show was canceled, which is a bad move. Um, You know how, like, the first episode is, like, a good way to get into a show? They thought, hey, that was a good first episode. Let's put it at the end of the series. Fox, you stupid. And it oh, it's... I don't. They had gold in their hands. They, and they threw it away. They did, and and I hate. Far be it for me to defend Fox. You will never catch me in that man's sweater. I will. Not, I will not be the person that defends Fox. But in their defense, nobody was watching Firefly, and I'm sorry for swearing. <laughs> nobody was watching Firefly, <laughs> so uh, that's the problem. It was on in, and like I, I don't, I can't even defend it because this is the same slot that X Files was in for ten years. It was in the Friday night quote unquote death slot, but like X Files was there for ten years. People were watching X Files. Nobody just, just nobody watched Firefly, and I think the problem is they didn't air the pilot, which is the best introduction to a show ever. Like the the first episode of Serenity or of Firefly is called Serenity, and it's amazing. It's bar none. Maybe the best so, pilot I've ever seen. So good. Yeah, it's a it's a space western. If you are somehow unfamiliar with Firefly, it's a space western uh, where 500 years from now, the Earth has been used up. So we left 
or we left a long time before then, but this takes place 500 years from now. We found another solar system. We terraformed it. Um, everything was fine for a while, and then there was the alliance that wanted to like the core systems. That was like you know the fancy places. They wanted to unify everything, put it under you know one rule. The outer rims were like, hey, just leave us alone. Like we're you know, we're out here by ourselves. We're good. And so there's a big war called the War of Unification. The main character, one of the main characters, the mainest of the nine main characters, uh, yeah. Malcolm Reynolds fought in that war. Uh, he lost. He was on the losing side. And from then on, he just wanted to basically be left alone by by the government and by the alliance. And, uh, and that's kind of what Firefly is, is him he, like just trying to survive he, trying to survive because like like his side was called the independence like they were the there was the alliance and the independence and he just wants that freedom like that's just that's all he wants he just he wants to to do the job you know take jobs as they come and just have the freedom to live on his own terms and uh to quote him every year the alliance makes that harder yeah and like there's there's a great line just like from the movie that's like we're out on the raggedy edge here, and that is, that's like the log line for the whole show. Yeah, it's, uh, this is going up in like, not a week, right? This this episode this will be up, up in... Into March. Into March? Cool, cool. Uh, so, Matt, you're the first person we're telling, because it has not gone up yet. Uh, the next uh, thing we're recording, like we've recorded the first episode in the Hangout, is a Firefly campaign. Uh, and it's super duper fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, it's it's real great. Um, uh, but yeah, so we we were playing that and like I like I'm I'm real close to being like, hey, do you guys just want to make this like a reoccurring thing? Like you want to like keep coming back to this as often as we can? Because like this this world is so fun. Like the, the the literal universe of Firefly is like such a like interesting like place that it, like there are 1 million stories to be told. That's one of the hallmarks of, of Joss Whedon, like across all of these and just anything else that he's touched really is this man can world build like a maniac. Yeah. Everything is an iceberg. Every single thing is the very tip of its own specific iceberg. And there are 1 million other icebergs surrounding it. And that's just in Firefly. And then you go to, to Buffy or Dollhouse or Angel. And there's also a million icebergs there that like you can just keep going down and out. So on its surface, Firefly is a, a space Western. And then immediately under that, it is about like freedom versus like safety like the the protection and safety of the alliance and then like under that is like government corruption because they tortured this little girl who is kind of a psychic uh I shouldn't say kind of she is psychic <laughs> they they may or may not have made her that way well I don't think they made her that way I she uh, it's never really explained in any of the well I I to be fair I have not read the most recent comic I have 3 issues of it 10 feet to my right. I just haven't gotten around to him yet because I have zero free time. Um, but in the movie and in the show, they don't really go into what a reader is. Um, a really great line is they're like, in, in the last episode of the show, they're like, she's a reader. And Wash, who is the pilot, is like, does that sound a little science fiction-y? Like a psychic? That's a little sci-fi. And then his wife Zoe's like, we live on a spaceship. And he's like, uh-huh. Because, like, in this universe, a spaceship is just how you live. Like, they're just in spaceships. Like, that's fine. But 
psychics is a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, so they never really go into it. So I th- I think she is born that way. But what they did to her absolutely annihilated her ability to deal with her psychic abilities. And, yeah. And that's kind there's of the whole episode the that gets into it. It's real great. Yeah, there's well there's there's kind of two because there's Ariel where they go to figure out what it is, and then there's Objects in Space, which is like the last episode of the show, which is just this Oh my god. It, it's such a great accidental finale. Like it's just such a perfect like way to end the show without realizing you were going to. Um but they, That is a master class in television writing. Yeah, I love that episode. It, it really it has like a really great bad guy, a lot of great twists. It's it subverts the world like the world building in a couple different ways and then like brings it right back. Like there's a point where, where it seems as if river has disappeared and become part of the ship. This is after you find out she's a psychic. So maybe she can just do this. Um, <laughs> but then nope, she's just on the bad guy's ship, which is docked on serenity, their ship. Um, and she's just reading his files and like has hacked the comms cause she's a genius. Uh, and it's great. It's like, it's so good. Um, and then in the movie, you find out there's also these like horrible torture, uh, like psychos that are the the best way to put them is in the first episode when they talk about them. Uh, they say they will they will rape you to death, eat your flesh, and and sew your skin into their clothes. And if you're very very lucky, they will do it in that order. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the, the reverse. And then you find out what the Reavers are and, like, how they came to be and oh how that God. relates to the main, like, like River's story and, like, the whole deal as a whole. And, like, it's just, like, like, wait, like why didn't we get this in the show? Like, why didn't we get this show for longer? It's it's so, so good. So let's, um, to, to kind of streamline this discussion, because I think this will also give us a really good glimpse into the show, let's go through the characters and who they are, just kind of okay, real briefly, are- so... There, there are nine main characters. Here we go. Malcolm Reynolds, who is the captain. He fought for the War of Independence. He, and that's the other thing I like about the war is depending on who you ask, it's either the War for Independence or the War for Unification, and that's I think very telling. Uh, yeah. The whole story is kind of based on the Civil War. There was a a book. It's something Angels, and I forget what the first part of it is, but it, it's basically the aftermath of the Civil War from the South side. Like, like you lost. What now? And so that's kind of what inspired the show. So he lost what now? Well, what now is you get a ship, you get a crew, you take the jobs as they come and you keep flying. So And you um, wear an amazing brown you, duster. You wear the best coat in all of fiction. It is the best coat there's ever been. It's um, my prized possession and it sits in a closet back in Texas and I'm so mad. Oh, you have you have one? <laughs> I have one of the official ones from Abbey Shot, yeah. Oh god. It's uh so there's he's the captain. He is one of the most intricate like complex characters. Uh, th- so I don't we don't have time to talk anymore about Malcolm Reynolds. No, uh, or else that will become the podcast. Uh, his second in command is Zoe, who is married to Wash. We'll get back. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, she fought with him in his platoon in the War of Independence. She is a no nonsense, uh, bad dude. Uh, she will like. She's super Drop loyal. a fool with no explanation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She like if if she decides that you should be dead, she will kill you. Like she like, and that's it. That's that. That's the that's the whole deal. Uh, but she she is like his second in command, and the 
I guess, I don't know how, everybody else on the ship represents a part of Mal, and that's why Mal is so complicated, is because there are eight people that reflect versions of him um, that don't get to exist. And so Zoe is the the soldier who lost the war, who has dealt with it, part of him, because he has not dealt with it quite and as much never as he will. should have. And he yeah. never, ever will. Uh, then there's Wash, who is the pilot. He's the best pilot in the universe. Uh, he is a leaf on the Zoe. wind. He is a leaf on the wind. That is all we will say. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, Visual so he, gags. Yeah, he's um, uh, he's super funny. He he he's very like Jerry he's Lewis. He's the heart like, of the team. Yeah, I well. I would say a cohort. He is two of yeah. the four ventricles of a heart. Cause the other one I would say is Kaylee. Um, yes. so he is, he's the, he's like very funny. doesn't really take anything seriously until like he's got to fly good. And then he is like super serious and like, just like in the like super Zen. Uh, and it's, it's real great to see that transition and they kind of get away from it for the joke in a lot of episodes, but in the movie and in the pilot, uh, of, of the TV show, both are named serenity. They like, they hit that, in like just perfect order. Yeah, it's it's great to watch him in his element, which like, because of the constraints of the show at the time of the budget, they didn't get to do a whole lot of just heavy theatrical flying until the movie. Yeah, but, um, but he he is a lot of people's favorite character, I would say. Yeah. Um, and so I guess the part of Mal that he represents is like the fun loving part that never had to worry about the war because he he wasn't in the war there. There was like. He kept like Alan Tudyk, who who played Wash, kept like pitching like that he was like he went into the war but got captured immediately, so he never got to do anything in it. Um, none of this ever came to be. Uh, there's a whole through line of shadow puppets throughout the the show, because um, like the secret backstory that Alan Tudyk came up with is that like in the prison that he was kept in, he would do shadow puppets to entertain the other prisoners while they were trapped. Um, that never comes to fruition. Like he, there's never any any backstory on him in the war it's one of the things that was stolen from us yeah um so uh there's there's that uh let's see where do we go next hit me with another character because i don't know who to go to kaylee okay kaylee's the mechanic she's the best mechanic in the universe you'll see a theme here is that everyone on this on this ship is the best of that role um and that's not an accident that's good television People yep. like to see people who are great at their jobs. Uh, so she's got the best, like, not origin story, but best, like, Mal found her and hired her story. Like, yeah. In the episode Out of Gas, where he goes through how he found everybody, her story is just like the wait, what? Yeah. Okay, that's because, hilarious. Because it 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 kind of like you don't expect it out of Kaylee because because he hired a mechanic before uh, named Bester who was like good in air quotes, but not actually good like he you all. have a feeling that he just kind of faked it and mal was like yeah like he's a genius mechanic like we'll just take him uh so she likes ships um and bester and kaylee were having sex and bester's and mal's like hey like we gotta go get this ship fixed like quit that and he's like i can't it's this thing is broken she's like nope well while i was on my back down there i saw your problem and then she fixes it and he's like you want a job and she's like, yeah. And then Bester's like, I don't see what the, I don't see why you need two mechanics. And he goes, yeah, I really don't. <laughs> um, and that's how he hired Kaylee instead. Uh, and it's, she is 
maybe my favorite character. I bounce around a lot, um, but she's in my top five, like my my permanent top five, because uh, she's so nice and cheerful and sweet and like is so good with like like ships that she can just feel them. Like she doesn't need to know what's wrong, but like she can feel that there is something wrong and fix that. And it's it's really well done. It's not done in this like hokey like oh, Serenity's talking to me. It's like. No, she's just telling me what's wrong. Like, I just know, like... She feels like the rhythm of the ship, like, the vibrations and everything. Like, it's very much a real thing. Yeah, it's real good. So, next up is going to be Inara. Inara is a companion, which is a uh, a universally sanctioned prostitution organization, I would say. Uh, It's closer to a geisha, yeah. It's more akin to a geisha, yeah. Um, So, she is... Uh, he calls her ambassador because if you have a registered companion on the ship, that opens a lot of doors that normally would not be open for you. Um, she has, she's also really complex. Uh, her and Mal have this like, like moonlighting. Will they, won't they No, they won't, but why not? Like what's wrong? What happened? What's their story? What happened to, to make them this way? Uh, and it's just like, neither of them can just express how they feel for the other one really. And that's the problem. And it turns into a joke in the movie. It's real great. Yeah, it's 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 real good. Yeah, it's that's. Uh, do you see us fighting? No trap. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so good. Uh, so she, um, she's secretly dying. That's never said yep. in the show, but that's a thing. And and you know, death of the author. Maybe she isn't. You don't know, but she like she has something that is like, you know, a, a withering illness. Um, and so like, that's only said outside of the fiction that never really comes up in the show. But, uh, but there's a scene in the pilot where she's like, I, uh, well, no, that actually relates to something different. Never mind. You also <laughs> never find out what that is in the show, but that's fine <laughs> with the, well, like the, one of the things I love about her, about her character is that she is the, I feel like dragged kicking and screaming into the role, but she's the big sister for Kaylee and even river. Yeah, um, her and Kaylee have a have a really fun, like relationship of of like a a big sister, little sister, but not like, like big sister, little sister, like adult siblings, but just like she is the older one. Yeah, um, and and then yeah, River eventually kind of, uh, but Kaylee is more of a big sister to River, so I guess like by the transitive property of siblings, she she's is the also, littlest sister. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, she uh, she I I, I like that she doesn't take any guff like she's really empathic and and like intuitive in that sense um and so she she's really good at like feeling people out and and like that comes into play in a lot of times um in a lot in a lot of different places uh and it's it's real good she's also like trained by the the campaign the the companion guild and that's like everything training like she's like one of the most like in the universe one of like the most sought after companions who just like leaves to be on this ship with criminals. <laughs> yeah. And she's definitely like the business savvy side of Mal. Like she's the side of him that can make a good business deal and can see when the situation's turning south and adjust to it and Yeah, cuz cuz Mal is not that. Again, not that. He's very complex but like he will do a job until it's done or it can't be done for extenuating circumstances. She's like, which might mean because he's dead. Yeah. 
which happens at one point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he gets better, but he does die at some point um, for like a minute. It's not yeah, it's, it's uh, fine. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that's Inara. I don't know what else to say about her. No, uh, that's... Oh, she's she's supernaturally pretty in real life. I met uh, Marina Baccarin at a convention in Orlando once, and I was like, I'm sorry that you have to be on the same planet as the rest of us because you yeah. are just too pretty for this place. Yeah, she uh, she elevated the Deadpool movie infinitely by her mere presence. Um, For sure. I like that movie, but like I was real happy when Marina Baccarin was in it. Yeah. Uh, I will so not next, watch Gotham, though. You can't make me do that. No, that's just a crime. Um, thanks, Fox, for giving us garbage. Um, Three seasons of that, uh, but only 15 episodes. 14 episodes <laughs> of Firefly, but Gotham's in its third season. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, let's do, we're going to save, let's go to Simon. Okay. Simon is a doctor who he's Rivers' older brother who they're from a very wealthy family. He's the best doctor in the universe. Uh, again, here's the theme. Uh, and he gives it all up to save River from the academy, um, that she was at that basically burned her brain up and, and was, was experimenting on her. And doing, and trying to turn her into a weapon, it's a whole thing. Um, but he gave it all up for her, uh, and that's why Simon is also in my top five because like nothing gets me like a good older brother. Like that's my favorite thing in fiction. And he's a kind of relationship with Kaylee. It solidifies in the movie. Yeah, a it's bit more. Uh, it's Kaylee wanting him because he's a very attractive man. Sean Mar yeah. is is like. A handsome dude and Kaylee's like yeah I want to I want to get up on that and he's just such an idiot that like he can't figure it out and every chance he has he just ruins by being like because he's from like the core you know he's he's like a, a fancy well-to-do gentleman um but like he's just dumb he's just kind of dumb with stuff he really is that poor boy um Let's go to River next? Yes, let's go to River next. Okay, I wonder where we're ending, because there's, there's a couple others that I feel like we would have done earlier, but... Oh, yeah, we probably should have done him earlier. Oh, well. Like, like Jane, we'll get Jane to him after this. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to him. Uh, so River is, uh, like we said earlier, a psychic. She's a, It's called a reader in this world. Um, she is... Simon is very smart. He's the top of his class in one of the most prestigious schools in the entire universe, and she makes him look like an idiot child. Like, that's how he described how, like, their relationship. Um, but then, this is before they destroyed her brain. And now she's, like, crazy in addition to being very smart. Um, but she's, like, kind of one of the driving plots. Like, her story is, like, one of the reasons that the show happens, I guess. Mm. Because, like... They're on the run from the Alliance because he got he he broke her out of the Academy and and they are on the run. And so and and Mal like likes that about him, that he would go through that length and do that. So, like, that's why he's like, you know, yeah, you're my crew. You can stay on my ship. Plus, you know, we get shot a lot around here. We could use the doctor. Yeah. And River's like the big mystery of the of the whole thing. Yeah. You don't find out why she is the way she is until the movie, which is uh, I, every day. I'm just amazed at this, at the miracle from heaven. That is the movie serenity because like that doesn't happen. Like that stuff does not happen. Everybody. Uh, but it, uh, her, her, her story is like this 
this real big mystery and like really well done and the way it comes to a head and it wraps up like her story involves the reavers and like involves like the like the corruption of the government that like kind of maybe started the war and like it's like everything kind of comes together through her story um but like in the meantime she's like this very complicated character because like she's trying to figure out like how to adjust to not being experimented on and tortured uh basically um it's like it's a real good ride yeah she's got to learn how to be normal which is just hilarious to watch this crew try to teach her that yeah and like no one no one does a great job of it um and she's not even like trying to be she's just trying to like i guess just be because she hasn't been able to just be since she was like a little kid it's it's a great story. Um, Jane. Okay, Jane, let's get this out of the way. The actor Adam Baldwin ain't great. He's he's fine at acting, but as a person, he ain't great. Yeah. Uh, that said, I really like Jane, um, who is a mercenary. He's dumb as a box of rocks, and he will sell you out for a higher price, and everyone knows that. And that's like, and that's kind of where Jane is. And he doesn't really hide it. And the two, like the one time he made good on that, it was, it went, it went south like quick. And like, that was like his character turning point, I guess. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And Mal, Mal got real dark for a minute there. <laughs> yeah, dude. Cause, cause Mal's thing is like, Mal is loyal to every fault, like to every fault you could find. He is loyal to that fault. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so when Jane kind of he tried to sell River and and Simon out to the Alliance, and didn't go his way. Mal figured it out immediately and was about to shoot him out the airlock. Um, and then River just oh okay, go watch Ariel, everybody. Yeah. That great. scene at the end with River is just the best. Yeah. Um, where she threatens him. Oh the the I could kill you with my brain. Yeah. Uh, that's not in Ariel. That's a couple episodes later. Okay. Uh, I think that's in... Oh, I don't remember which one it's in. I just watched it like a it, month ago. It's it's when it's when they find out... Well, she knew the whole time because she's a psychic. But yeah. when Simon finds out, that's that's when that happens. It's, it's, a, it's real good. Yeah. So just go watch Firefly. Uh, and we're going to end with uh, Shepard Book. Oh, man, Shepard Book. my favorite character. Uh, that's a good favorite character to have. His backstory is amazing and only available in the comic book Serenity, The Shepherd's Tale. <laughs> yep. He uh, He's a preacher who is also something else. And you don't ever yeah. find out what that is in the in the in the text of the show or the movie. They they just never tell you. <laughs> Apparently, he is miraculously gifted with firearms, though. Well, yes. Um, I don't know if I want to spoil his backstory because nah. I feel like everyone should go should go read it. But um, yeah, he's he's definitely not just a preacher. He used to be something else, that's for sure. Uh, and it's it's really he's really complicated. He's he's like a real good character. Mal in the very first scene is pretty religious. Like he says to this other guy. Uh, we, we're not going to die today because we are like, God won't let us die. We're too pretty to die. And like, he kisses a cross and everything. They lose the, the battle of Serenity Valley and he ge- he gives up on, on God. And then so book comes into his life and it's like this whole, like 
it turns the show, not the show, the movie is certainly about belief. In what? That's up to you, but that's what it's about. But, like, that's what Book brings to it is, like, the the religion that Mal lost and, yeah. like, the belief that Mal lost. Like, here's Book this whole time. Uh, and it's it's real great. Book is a real great character. Uh, rest, rest in peace, Ron Glass, who died at the end of last year. Oh. Taken too soon. Um, yes. So that's going to wrap up Firefly. So where can people find you on the internet, Jake, before we come back to this next week? Uh, well, oops, sorry. I didn't intend for this to be a two-parter. But uh, <laughs> but then we started talking about my favorite things. So uh, I'm on Twitter, at JJ underscore Mason. I have a, uh, a McElroy of podcasts. That's the collective noun I have I am so happy uh, about that for uh, for podcasts. <laughs> uh, there's the Morphin Grid, an episode by episode recap of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and beyond. There is Pokemon World Tour, where we go through the entire world of Pokemon from the inside to tell you what it's like. There's Pokemon World Tour United, an actual play RPG podcast about being in the world of Pokemon 20 years after the original games. There is Cool Kids Table, which is an RPG podcast where we explore different gaming systems and tell different stories in them. And then we also have an ongoing Dungeons and Dragons campaign that uh, is about four episodes deep. By the time this comes out, that's the next one that's coming up. I don't know when this comes out. We're doing Firefly now when when this comes out, which is or we're, technically we're doing the Serenity RPG because there are two, um, yeah. and it's very fun. Um, go check that out. Former guest Shan Maynor, former guest uh, Alan Sells, and former guest Josh Nichols are also on this podcast because at this point Josh will have been on. And is that it? Hard reboot. Can we talk about that? Yeah, that'll be out. Okay, that'll be out. I'm also on Hard Reboot. I'm the guy who does no research and just tells the jokes. <laughs> that's my role <laughs> in, in that. Um, and that's it. Um, another one is oh. coming because I hate free time. I just hate it so much. <laughs> and that's it. That's where you can find me on the internet. You can find us on the internet at fifthdraw.com, follow us on Twitter at fifthdraw, or email us at social at fifthdraw.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Hoodley. If you enjoyed this episode, why not give us a rating and a review, or maybe tell a friend? Getting the word out helps us immensely. Our music is Arcade Montage by Lee Roosevelt and can be found at the Free Music Archive. That's all for this week. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode. And hey, thanks for listening. <laughs>